Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. Listen, last week I went on a rant for like 25 minutes about stress. And today I wanted to follow up that podcast with talking about sleep. Why? Because sleep is one of the biggest levers you can pull to optimize your stress. So this podcast is called Optimize Your Sleep to Start Optimizing Your Stress. And this is huge in the realm of fat loss, fitness, recovery, strength, performance, all of the above. Because if we are not sleeping well, uh, the body's not recovering the body is not fully utilizing all of its energy and metabolism production. Um, the body is not uh, prioritizing hormone production and synth- synthesizing hormones. So listen, we have to invest in our sleep. It pays an absolutely huge ROI. Uh, just listen to some of these stats. 40% increase in all-cause mortality among shift workers. So shift workers uh, that, you know, Obviously worked crazy schedules. They didn't sleep regularly. Um, They didn't sleep enough. They had a 40% increase in all causes of death. Okay. Uh, What about this one? There's an increase of heart disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, obesity, diabetes for anybody who sleeps regularly under seven hours per night. Staggering. Absolutely staggering. We are shortening our lifespan by not focusing and investing in our sleep. Uh, here's another one. Drinking more than two drinks for men or one drink for, per, for women per day, this decreased sleep quality by 40%. So this means that you may still sleep for eight hours, but the quality of that sleep, uh, the amount of sleep cycles that you went through in deep sleep and REM sleep and light sleep, uh, it decreased by 40%. Okay, so, and in the realm of like fitness and being a personal trainer, um, I can just tell you from years of experience, it's really hard to manage your stress. It's really hard to manage um, your fat burning potential if you're not investing in your sleep. Uh, this leads to hormone problems, it leads to weight gain, and, and it can simply just be remedied by doing some of the top sleep strategies that can improve your sleep quality. I'm going to give you six of them. My top six sleep strategies to improve your sleep quality. Um, I'm going to go from six to one so you can get my most important one last. So let's start with the the elephant in the room that nobody likes to believe or um, nobody really likes to go in deep on. And that is number six, limit your blue light and wear blue light blocking glasses. This probably should be higher than number six. Um, but, you know, I did a, a previous podcast. You can look back earlier in the year. And the CDC actually posted an article about how blue light is proven to disrupt our melatonin production, disrupt our sleep cycles, and destroy our sleep. What is blue light? Blue light is anything that comes from artificial light, like LED, fluorescent, TVs, um, tablets, phones, you name it, anything that has an LED screen or LCD screen, anything like that, 
um, has the ability to produce blue light. What doesn't produce blue light that actually has light? Well, red lights, uh, incandescent bulbs produce very little blue light, and fire, which makes sense that uh, we could optimize these things thousands of years ago or hundred years, hundreds of years ago, and it wouldn't disrupt our sleep cycles or sleep production. Let's go on number five, take a high quality magnesium before bed. Okay, so everyone is magnesium deficient. I could go through the reasons of all that, water filtrations, municipal water, uh, not letting the soil rest. Uh, all these things deplete magnesium from our environment, from our drinking water and our soil, which actually translates from our food. But also stress. Uh, we talked about stress in the last episode. Stress depletes our magnesium stores. Think about this for a second. Magnesium is responsible for hundreds, hundreds of enzymatic processes in the body. That's hundreds of things that your body can't do without enough magnesium. Uh, there's also melatonin and there's also GABA. Why did I just mention all three of those? Magnesium, melatonin, and GABA. Well, guess what? Thorn supplements, which you guys hear me talk a lot about on this show, uh, they have what's called the Thorn Sleep Bundle. And this bundle is a, a combination of three different bottles of supplements. One is GABA, one is melatonin, and one is magnesium. These three key uh, nutrients are something that we produce uh, naturally in the body, except for magnesium. We have to ingest that. But uh, these three, three things in combination massively have the ability to move your sleep. And I'll tell you, I use this only when I'm really struggling with sleep. So if I'm in a high stress period or I haven't been sleeping well or I've been traveling, something is off. I will use this in a pinch because, man, it really makes sure I get a good night's sleep and I feel refreshed the next day. Listen, this is normally like 103 bucks on thorn.com. But for everybody who is under my client invite list, so all you have to do is shoot me an email, say you want to join the client invite list, you get 25% off the entire store. No codes required. All you have to do is log in. That knocks this down to like 85 bucks instead of 103. Um, so check out the Thorn Sleep Bundle. But listen, that's my number five is you got to be taking a high quality mag magnesium before bed. And I do take that every single night. Um, regardless of whether I take the melatonin or the GABA, the magnesium is a no-brainer. In fact, the more I sweat, uh, the more I will take magnesium. So on my workout days, my mountain biking days, I'll take more magnesium than I normally do on just any given day when I'm just kind of not doing a whole lot and getting my 10,000 steps. Let's go on to number four. Make sure that your room is cold and dark. Studies consistently show that a dark, cold room uh, massively increases sleep quality. D deep sleep, REM sleep, all the above, you will massively improve your sleep quality by making sure that there's no like alarm clock lights or little flashing lights anywhere. This is how massive this is. They actually did a study that they took a, uh, a light and put it behind someone's knee, okay? And then they measured all the participants in the study and what they found was that there's photoreceptors in the skin of people that can sense light. And their sleep quality was disrupted by putting a light behind their kneecap. Think about that for a second. So make sure your room is dark. Uh, blackout curtains are a must if you have street lights that are shining in or anything like that. 
Uh, keep your phones in other rooms. They shouldn't be stimulating you or keeping you up at night anyway. Um, but just really making sure that your room is, is dark and it's cold. Okay. Let's go on to number three. And we, we did a podcast about this, uh, two or three weeks ago, but it's balancing your blood sugar. L- listen, if you minimize like sugar and starchy carbs, um, at dinner, you will sleep better. And why is that? Because the larger the swings in your blood sugar in the middle of the night, um, the, the more it messes up and disrupts your sleep cycles. So avoid like, you know, really sugary ice creams and avoid, you know, starchy, lots of starchy carbs like pizza, rice, you know, white potato, bread, all that stuff has the ability to disrupt your sleep sleep cycles. I'm not saying never have those things, but maybe choose to have them on a workout day and choose to have them maybe not for dinner. Uh, You really want to balance your blood sugar heading into sleep because it's it's definitely going to keep you from disrupting your sleep cycles. And remember, we're trying to get um, hour and a half, you know, hour to an hour and a half of deep sleep at the beginning of the night. Then we go into a nice light sleep uh, in the middle of the night, and then you go into your REM sleep later in the uh, night, early in the morning. That's when you you notice that you usually dream is about two thirty, three o'clock on, all the way till wake up. So we just don't want to disrupt these cycles. These are like going through the gears, like first gear, second gear, third gear, all night long, making sure you're getting all the way into fifth gear so that you get massive recovery, good energy production, lowers your stress. So going back to stress for a second, if we don't go through these sleep cycles, um, we end up being more stressed the next day. So what does that mean? That means that the worse sleep you get, the more stressed you are. But we just talked about Sometimes stress has the ability to disrupt your sleep. So you can see how this is a vicious cycle of I'm sleeping bad, so I'm stressed, and then I'm more stressed, and I'm, that makes me sleep worse. So we really want to get a handle on both stress, and we really want to get a handle on making sure uh, that we are sleeping good. And that's where the supplementation can come in with a product like the Thorn Sleep Bundle, because I can make sure that I come out of that stress into good sleep to stop that cycle from repeating over and over again. And that's what's beneficial about these supplements. I don't recommend people take them like every single night because then what are you doing? You're just putting a Band-Aid on the real problem. We need to be able to sleep with no supplements, with no added, you know, Benadryls and NyQuil's and the different stuff that people take. Uh, We want to make sure that we're like naturally having this good sleep rhythm. But supplementation can be effective if we're, we get out of that rhythm due to stress or travel or whatever. We can get right back in that rhythm with a little help. And that's where supplementation comes in. It is not a crutch to lean on every day, day in and day out. Let's go on to number two. My number two tip uh, or strategy to improve sleep quality, avoid caffeine or stimulants after noon. Okay, uh, why? Well, first of all, let's talk about caffeine for a second. The half-life of caffeine is roughly about six to eight hours, depending on your genetic variance and how you process caffeine. So let's just say for most people, let's just say it's eight hours, okay? So if you have 150 milligrams of caffeine, that means the half-life of that 150 milligrams is eight hours. So that means at 8 p.m., let's say you had your last cup of coffee at noon, at 8 p.m., you still have 75 milligrams of caffeine circulating through your system, 
okay? This should be taught to us at a young age. We don't understand this concept very much because it's never really taught to us that caffeine sticks around in the body that long. So now think about the person in your life, or it could be yourself even, that has coffee literally all through the day, okay? Um, you could be going to bed with two or 300 milligrams of caffeine still circulating through your body. How does caffeine work? Caffeine works by giving the body energy, by stimulating the adrenal glands to, to produce adrenaline and cortisol. That's why caffeine or coffee has no calories whatsoever. Black coffee has no calories, but yet it gives you energy. You're actually dipping into your adrenaline and cortisol reserves that you need uh, in fight or flight mode to flip over a car off of your loved one because you were just in a car wreck. You're dipping into that reserve to actually get through your day. Can anybody else see the logic and why that might be a bad thing? Okay, I'm not demonizing coffee. My wife will tell you I have coffee every single morning, but it's only like an 8 to 10 ounce cup of coffee and I'm done, right? And then even, the, even then, sometimes I will cycle into half-calf and then all the way into decaf and then back to half-calf and then back to full-calf, okay? But either way, I want to really keep a good handle on how many milligrams of caffeine I'm ingesting. Because if the half-life is eight hours, and I know I'm really going off on this, but this is so this is why it's my number two. But if the half-life is eight hours, and let's say I have 100 milligrams of coffee, for me, that's probably about what I have on a normal day. Um, eight hours later, at, you know, if I get up at six, we're talking you know, eight hours later at 2 p.m., I still have 50 milligrams. That means eight hours after that, at 10 o'clock at night, I still have 25 milligrams of coffee still circulating in the body. So you can see how if, if somebody ingests a lot of caffeine, they have literally caffeine going through their blood 24 hours a day, stimulating adrenaline, stimulating cortisol. What, what's inverse to cortisol? In other words, what's the opposite to cortisol? Melatonin. We have to have our melatonin to make sure that we're sleeping good and going through our sleep cycles. So I can make the argument that overconsumption of caffeine is absolutely killing your melatonin at night and then disrupting your sleep quality. This could literally be shaving decades off of people's lives because they are not sleeping up to their true potential. Uh, this could also be a huge catalyst in hormone disruption in men and women. So low T in men and hormonal dysfunction in women. And this could all be just from or at least a huge piece of the pie from too much caffeine. So I highly recommend if you have not gotten a firm hold on whatever your caffeine routine is, look at that. It could be a game changer in your health, in your hormones, in your fat loss, and your stress. Okay. Now let's talk about my number one. You guys who have been listening to the podcast for a while, uh, you will, you'll know that, man, he says this a lot. This must be important. But my number one tip is, listen, don't eat or drink any calories or alcohol whatsoever three hours before bed. Okay, so if you go to bed at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, stop eating calories by 6 or 7 o'clock. No alcohol, no liquid calories, no food, nothing. Okay, just water or tea before bed. Um, and the reason why is because we want to process whatever is in our system before we lay down to go to sleep. 
Digestion takes a lot of energy. It's estimated that over a course of a 24-hour period, we, we actually burn 30% of our calories just digesting the calories that we ate. Okay, so 30% of our energy is just going to digestion. All right. Um, the other thing is, is that we have fluctuations in body temperature while you're digesting food. So if you go to bed with a full stomach and you haven't digested fully your food, then you're going to have fluctuations in body temperature. This fluctuations in body temperature kicks you in and out of your sleep cycles. So uh, especially elevation in body temperature. Remember we talked about the room being cold and dark, and that's because the colder your body temperature, the better your sleep quality. And interestingly enough, if you, anyone has uh, listening to this have ever done like a 24-hour fast or a 48-hour fast or even a 72-hour fast, your body temperature drops really low while you're fasting. And if you've monitored your sleep on an Aura Ring or a Garmin or a Fitbit, your sleep quality is off the charts when you're fasting. Why is that? Well, for a lot of reasons. You don't, you're not digesting food, for one. B, your body temperature is very regulated at a low level. Oftentimes, you'll see like body temperatures in the 96s and 97s rather than 98 when you're fasting. And there's just no burden whatsoever on the body to have to take care of other than just managing ketones, burning fat, and keeping the blood sugar really stable while you're fasting. So like, listen, I'm not trying to convince you to do a 72-hour fast or anything like that, but my point is, is your body temperature drops really, really low, which really makes your sleep quality just right on par. And that's what we want. So you don't want to have be eating a lot of food before bed. The other thing is going back to blood sugar swings. Um, blood sugar swings you know, eating close to bedtime, it massively disrupts your fat burning potential. We burn the majority of our fat in a 24 hour period, not while we're up moving, we burn it while we sleep. Why? Simple, because we are fasting during sleep. That's why breakfast is called breakfast. Because we are fasting all night long, your body temperature goes low, your blood glucose goes low, and that really kicks up glucagon and lowers insulin, which is a recipe for fat burning potential. So not eating or drinking three hours before bed, and I, I even would make the argument if you could go four or five, it's even better. But it's this is probably the biggest lever you can pull with sleep to make sure that your sleep quality is better. The, one of the, the most common um, traits that we see in our culture here in the US is the ability to eat all the way up until bed. Technology keeps people up later than ever. Um, there's more food readily available sitting in the pantry or the fridge and people just like to, to lounge and veg and snack and eat. So even though you had dinner at six or seven, you still probably could have the tendency to grab something at nine or nine 30 before you go to bed just to munch on. And, um, that is where we run into fat burning problems, blood sugar swings, fluctuations in body temperature and it just flat out just leaves you uh, not feeling as great in the morning. This, if, my friends sometimes will ask me, Zach, like, give me one tip that I can just do that's easy and that I can lose just a little bit of body fat. And I will always give people this one. Listen, stop eating three hours before bed. 
It improves their sleep quality. You get up with a flatter stomach. You're less bloated. You're less gassy. Uh, you get up with more energy. You're not wiping the sleep out of your eyes. That oftentimes leads to like, hey, I don't need as much caffeine this morning as I did before. Uh, then you're going through your day and you're sleeping better the next night because you had less caffeine. I can just tell you, this one all the way around is the easiest, uh, the easiest one to do, and it has probably the most benefit. If any one of you tracks your sleep uh, and you're not doing this, like implement this immediately and just look at your Apple Watch or your Fitbit or your Garmin or whatever, and just look how much better your sleep is just by doing this one tip. Listen, if you like what you're hearing on the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast, do me a favor. A, send me your email. I'll put you on the thorn list. Go get the sleep bundle. Use it intermittently when you ha- when you need help going to sleep. But B, leave me a review on whatever podcast channel you're listening to this on. You can also leave me a review on Facebook or Google under Muscles and Veggies Fitness. That would be highly appreciated. That helps people find my personal training services. But thank you for spending the last 21 minutes with me. I'll see you next time and looking forward to any tips or questions you guys have or episodes you want me to cover. I'll see you next time on the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast.